from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Monday Drive. It feels, man, it feels like a while. Oh, it has been. It was last. It was a week ago today. Was the last time that uh, that I was on the drive, and and somehow, you know, everything everything went just fine. So that's good to know that I'm not missed. Uh, but but uh, no, back here had a. It was not a vacation, by the way, Peck. I mean, I heard. I, I kept getting a couple of comments. Welcome from people. back, welcome back, Bill. Yeah, with, with that. I mean, really. Well, I mean, the thing is, I got a couple of texts while I'm in Nashville at a conference, and let me tell you, Wednesday for sure. I, we went up Tuesday. Wednesday, there was a big exhibition. It's uh, for online learning, and I mean, there's all kinds of hardware and software and equipment and things like that, and it was a. I mean. Eight solid hours of looking at demonstrations and and things like that. So I mean, that wasn't the vacation. I mean, I, I think I made it clear that you were at a conference, okay, and we're right, and we're going right. to be able to. see I just the got sites. people. Well, hey, hope you're enjoying no, your have, vacation. It's like th- this is not my vacation. I might have also said vacation, but yeah, like, okay. I, I made I made it clear that you were at a conference and and that there's a in a city like Nashville, there's a mix of work and also oh, yeah. some really cool. Well, stuff I mean, to the do. conference ended. I mean, every day it ended at around five o'clock. And yeah, there's some things to do. We had a great time. We were able to get into the uh, to the Bluebird Cafe. I'd had one ticket, uh, but were able to get there early. The folks there, folks there. Are so great. You, you go in. You went in a really big trench coat or something. How did, how did you get in with both of you? Went in with one. No, ticket? no, no. I mean, they have they have a one side, and it's it's in a little bitty uh, strip mall. I mean, not even a mall. It's just like a little shopping center, just along one of the main thoroughfares there in Nashville. Uh, I mean, it's right next to there's there's cleaners like a cleaners and an AT and T store on either side, um, and it's like don't park in the AT and T. They tow, and the cleaners had two spots that were marked off for the cleaners, and there was one spot for the Bluebird Cafe in front. It was a handicapped spot. Fortunately, <laughs> I have I have that. We pulled in. There was nobody in it. It's like I parked at the door, and there was a way, there was a, there was a line. One area said, um, line, you know, waiting line for guests without tickets. And there were five, there were five um, young ladies from Canada who were just, who had just decided, let's go to Nashville. And they'd heard the Bluebird Cafe. So they were there. They had tried to get into the uh, six o'clock show. Uh, they're, they're different artists now that play at six. There are like three or four artists that play at six, three or four more artists that play at nine, and it's two shows a day. And uh, they had hoped to get into the six, thought they had bought a table, they had bought one ticket. So, so yeah, so so they were they were waiting, but they were fun. I mean, uh, just you know, talking with them and and uh, they they were they were wanting to go. What did they call it? Um, they were they were wanting to find like. Um, just like water bottles or things like that. So they were asking, where's the nearest Dollarama? 
nearest uh it's like you must be a dollar store type thing so so they, i mean but it was interesting interesting talking to them but anyway so i was sixth in line and they were able to and they usually have at least 12 spots so uh the wife went on in and sat at the table that she was going to be at i went in and they said well there are two seats right over here against the wall in in uh, high chairs that had a little half table that was attached to the wall that could hold a couple of drinks and a plate. So I was I was happy that my wife decided to come over and sit with me because <laughs> I'll tell you because the the five the five ladies from Canada they had an extra extra spot with them. They were like, "You're going to come sit with us, right?" And my wife went, "No, we're going to go sit over here <laughs> against the wall." Um, but but yeah, it, it was a blast. Uh, I mean, the talent obviously you're in Nashville. And the talent there is unbelievable. It was a, the show that we went to was actually a fundraiser for children with cancer because the young lady who was the, the main act, Amy Harvey, uh, is a cancer survivor and she is unbelievable. I mean, she's 18. Uh, she's already had a couple of albums. Um, and then she had uh, another guest. Um, her last name was Estes. I'm trying. It was Melissa or Marissa Estes. She was really good. And then there was the person who people knew as Charles Eston, who was on the show Nashville. He played the character Deacon in Nashville. He is a dad on the Netflix show Outer Banks now. He is. Uh, he's a. He's a comedian. He is a singer. He's a songwriter. Um, you know, I, I didn't, when I was just looking up things about him to find out other than the Nashville show, I knew I'd seen him on a couple of other things. I didn't realize that, uh, he started out just as a singer songwriter, uh, was, was touring England and somehow wound up with the original cast of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Because he's, he's quick and funny. And then came over and Drew Carey brought him and he toured with the guys on Whose Line Is It Anyway with Drew Carey for a while. So uh, I was really impressed with him. I mean, all the music that they did was their own. It was all original. You know, nothing, no covers. And some great, I mean, some great, great music. And we were seated, we were seated maybe six feet from the three of them. They were just in the round in front of us. So, I mean, yeah, it was fabulous. That was that was definitely the highlight. I mean, the conference. I got a lot of info from that, but uh, that was definitely the highlight. So yeah, had a great time. Great to be back. Beautiful Monday afternoon. I won't spend any more time talking about all that stuff. No, I, I think folks want to hear about you know how, the, what, what you got to see and and. Oh man, did, did you eat anything good? I know Nashville's a food city. Uh yeah, the Mission Barbecue is always always right. really good. Uh, we 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 went. Did I mean since most of the day it was tough to you know it'd be just like in the evening we went over to um, we were thinking about going to the Grand Ole Opry but uh, it just was running. But the too Oak late. Ridge boys aren't there till next week. Yeah, they, they weren't going to be there till Saturday or something like that. No, no, that what that wasn't it. But we ate at the uh, at the backstage grill over at the Opry. 
which which was uh, which was pretty good. Too, I am so. Uh, I so correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. Uh, Media Days is in Nashville in July. I think I think that's correct. Mm-hmm. Is it this right. year's installment? It is right. And I haven't I haven't been to Nashville to like look around and do stuff in a very long time. So I was yeah I was I was curious about your trip up there just to uh, you know, oh yeah get some ideas about things to, uh, uh, to to go do if if I make the trip to Media Days in a in a, in a couple of weeks. There's plenty of entertainment. It sounds plenty sounds like of it. entertainment. Uh, yeah. So it's great to have you back though. Yeah, it's good to be back here on a Monday, and it's the regular Monday lineup. Bill, Dan made it through last week. I did. You know, sh- shout out to everyone who helped out in uh, Bill's absence, including uh, you know I'll save I'll, I'll save maybe the MVP of last week for uh, for last because he's in the room. Right now, I'm not talking about Drew either. Although Drew did a great job uh, last week, yeah. unsung hero. Yeah, I'm mad at Drew about a fantasy baseball trade right now. But other than that, you know, he did a uh, no. He did he did a great job these these last couple of uh, these last couple total of days. total them all up and let's see who's ahead. <laughs> all right. But the uh, no. So last week uh, we had Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. We had Jason Caldwell uh, from Auburn Two Four Seven. I consulted with Christian Clemente last week, Bill, and I mentioned that with with Jason and Mark especially, I'm always a little bit on the fence about what the outlet is called because I yeah. because it's been well. You don't really need much with Jason. Everybody knows Jason. Yeah, I know. So I but I, but I his own outlet. I yeah, think I resu- right. I think I'm going to start saying Auburn two four seven because I've said inside the Auburn Tigers for so long. With well, Jason. you just ask Jason. I I I I just you know the 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 place where he's been. I just say. That's what I say. Because it's been there for, well, because we remember the magazines. No, but I don't, I don't say inside the Auburn Tigers anymore. I oh, just I say do. AUTigers.com. I still, that's, that's I still say, where he's at. I still say inside the Auburn Tigers when it comes to, to Jason, because I'm just a creature of habit in that regard. But no, there's there so many people helped out last week. Judd Jacob was in, was in the studio on Friday. Yep. I did a great job. Got too, a little from, of that on the way back in. From, from on the As line. We got so. in just in time to get my car. Yeah, so, great. so thank, uh, thank you to everybody who helped put the show on last week, and especially somebody who came in and did double duty. Two timer, Brian Matthews. That's right. Brian Matthews, our MVP, our, our drive contributor uh, of the week. In a week where there was a lot of competition, uh, you, uh, you you come away with that, uh, with, with the blue ribbon from last week, Brian. So great job. And, well, I'd like to thank my family and the academy. <laughs> That's right. And, and, we've, uh, and we've got uh, no shortage of, of things going on in the world of Auburn sports between, uh, between baseball, football, softball, softball yeah. basketball, yes. and, uh, and, and a whole lot more. Uh, tell, uh, tell, tell folks about... Uh, uh, well, you know, I'm going to kick it back to you, Bill. It's your sh- it's your show again. Oh no, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Say, well, you can go want, ahead. You can go well, ahead no, and do I just, it. I, I thought it'd be cool if you uh, if, if you let folks know. Are you can ask Brian. Do you want you want we want to ask Brian? Do we say do we want to say AuburnSports.com? See, I usually just say the name of the place. AuburnSports.com. I mean, uh, Auburn Rivals works too. Either way, but, yeah. tell, but tell everybody about all the great stuff you guys have going at that website right now. And um, we're going to be out Tuesday. Uh, ambushes in um, Atlanta. Oh yeah. And, uh, Let's see, Coach Pearl will be there, Coach Freeze will be there, John Cohn will be there. So we'll talk to, I guess, all three, possibly, uh, and have that. But, of course, we'll continue to cover the portal for basketball and football. Uh, a little bit slower in football than I thought it'd be. But oh, it's a lot slower, I think, than just about everybody expected yeah. it to be. It shows, unless you're Colorado, which is just well, like a, they had to get through their like spring game. Yeah. yeah, the theory, yeah. the theory I've been working on with that is that it shows the importance of being enrolled at a place in January. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna contribute this year, like you you better go through spring practice because otherwise, I mean, you you better find a perfect landing spot yeah. if you're gonna get on the field this fall. Uh, otherwise, you, you could be uh, looking to uh, you could be looking at a tough, yeah. a tough market. That's why it's so important. I mean, Auburn did great work in the portal uh, back in November, December, um, but 
they were also trying to finish out a class, transitioning, uh, coaching staff, hiring new coaches. There was a lot going on during that period for you, Freeze, and his guys. So uh, this year you would hope um, that they can get that class settled, that they'll have their coaching staff, of course, mostly settled. There could be some movement, obviously, but um, and, and be able to focus a little bit more and put more um, – not to say that put in effort, but you know, have more available to put into that uh, portal and strengthen Auburn again going into the 24 season. I want to see if the market this like this fall looks like the one we've had most. Like if if this is just the new normal in college football, is I it, think this it is, is. This is what we're going to see: this kind of roster turnover and this kind of movement in the portal every every, every fall, and then maybe a quieter spring period. Yeah, I think the spring. It, it makes sense that the spring would be quieter. Um, I don't know if it'll. I don't know if it'll ever be as much as it was the very first time. Because of the uh, uncertainty of getting a, getting a waiver for a second transfer. So, I mean, everybody who went in, they can't all jump back in again. What do you think of my theory that one of the reasons why this has been quieter, or, or a huge reason why, is because if you're, not, if you're leaving for playing time reasons, you need to be enrolled at your new school in January, or it's a real uphill battle to get on the field. For like most I, positions? For most positions. For, most positions, I mean, for, rec- for some skill spots, for like receivers, I don't think it's as critical. Oh, I think superstars um, could jump in the portal right now, and there wouldn't be a concern I, I, about it. I also think you're seeing more coaches not releasing depth charts and, and trying to keep players oh, yes. uh, involved, saying, oh, it's still a battle, you've still got a chance. I, I think... I think there there is much much more concerted effort by coaches to try to retain players, uh, even if they don't even if they themselves don't feel like this guy's a starter because they may need them in case. So, so my question to Brian would be: What's the word on targets that Auburn has among players in the portal right now? Players that have made themselves available in the last couple of weeks. Is there any talk of Auburn actively recruiting? Any of these players? Oh, yeah. I mean, Jaden Muskrat was in for a visit this weekend, the offensive line from Tulsa. I'm not sure exactly how that went yet, though, so uh, we'll see. Um, Jaheim Thomas, the... Cincinnati linebacker. Right. uh, Edge guy type uh, is here now. I think he's leaving tomorrow. Hopefully we can uh, get in touch with him and uh, talk about his visit. And then there's a possibility that wide receiver Jordan Hudson from TCU could visit this upcoming weekend. So players have until the 30th to get into the portal, but they can get out at any time. So, you know, it's not over on the 30th. Um, there's also, when it comes to quarterback, which is the position that Auburn really needs to fill the most, um, there's also the potential, and, and this works for any position really, but the potential for, you know, graduate transfers too. And that's something to look for. They don't necessarily have to fit into the portal windows. We had a question about Ben Bryant last week on the show. He's the Cincinnati quarterback mm-hmm. that went to the portal, uh, played uh, most of the year at quarterback last year for Cincinnati, 9-2 and two record as a starter. Uh, really impressive numbers as a Mac quarterback. Where was he? Eastern, Eastern Michigan, I think. I think because he's it's a little bit Stetson Bennett where he went Cincinnati, as a backup for a couple of years, left, went to the MAC, played well in the MAC, came back to Cincinnati, and then uh, went into the portal after a year as Cincinnati's starter, was battling with Emory Jones to be Cincinnati's starter this year and, and decided to go into the portal instead. He's, um, he, he's, I mean, he would appear to be the, the top option among quarterbacks in the transfer portal right now. 
I hadn't heard anything about Auburn uh, pursuing uh, Ben Bryant, but but I thought it was uh, you know it was a, a curious addition to the transfer portal and somebody who completed nearly seventy percent of his passes right. as a quarterback in the MAC. And people could you know they could say that's a, the it's the group of five. It's it's I mean Bill, let me ask you like does I mean you you never know, but I wouldn't dismiss a quarterback just because the the level of competition isn't isn't to your liking. Especially you know people have talked about. Other group of five quarterbacks being, you know, possible targets for Auburn. I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask Brian about about Ben Bryant and if he's heard anything there. I haven't heard any Auburn interest there. I don't know that he runs um, the offense that Auburn would be looking for for a mm-hmm. guy to transition quickly. I would uh, think if it was some, if there were a quarterback that Auburn were interested in, you would have heard about it very shortly after right. he entered the portal. Right, Auburn would have jumped on him really quickly. So uh, that could change, but I just mm-hmm. it seems to me like Auburn might have an idea of, of, of somebody that's going to pop into the portal, either transferring or graduate transferring, and you know whether that happens or not, we'll see. But um, it, I just get that feeling that they have a, an idea of what's going to happen. 334-321-1390, just getting underway here on the Monday edition of The Drive. Hour number one of The Drive, still, every, nothing's changed since last week, has it? Right, good no, one's, no one's told me. Right, good. Hour number one of The Drive, still brought to you by our good friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. The Kia of Auburn hotline number is 334 321 1390. You can also take selection and customer service. We have been loyal customers for over five years. We keep coming back because of the wonderful and knowledgeable staff who treat us like family. They have a great inventory of steel products, household items, and barbecue equipment, just to name a few. They have the best parts department and shop around. University Ace Hardware, next to the movie theaters in Auburn. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews. Drew at the controls, and yes, we'd love for you to join in. Anything on your mind, sports-wise? Where do you, we we sort of jumped in and we're talking a little bit about about the uh, the football portal. Let's let's uh, get to some of the other things. Uh, we mentioned baseball and softball, big weekends for both wow. softball. Really playing softball. Let's start with softball. We don't talk softball very much, and we should talk more. Uh, the Tigers now eleven and seven, third in the SEC, yeah. and I mean they won back-to-back series against. You know, ranked teams in Kentucky and Alabama, and and be possibly the best pitcher in the country, or one of the best of Sunday in that. Yeah, Auburn's got one game. of the best. Yeah, two exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very impressive uh, two weeks for the softball team. Um, you know, beating LSU for the first time in six years, and then going to Alabama and winning Tuscaloosa for the first time in six years also just says a lot about the steps this program has taken. It's also been six years since they were able to host a regional, and right now they're. Positioning oh, themselves in great to be able to shape. do that, right? So, um, you know, kudos to them for stepping up, and um, they have an opportunity now going to South Carolina, then hosting Mississippi State at home to finish strong, to continue to finish strong, and really, you know, finish in that top three in the SEC and, and be a 
uh, get that double buy into the quarterfinals and, you know, uh, be able to play postseason uh, games right here in Auburn. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, so that that was really, really big for, uh, for, for softball. By the way, they canceled their midweek game against Alabama State. Um, just saw that a little yeah, earlier. I'm not today. sure. Though. I, haven't, I haven't heard what the reason is. Yeah, I don't know. That. I don't know. Um, Sometimes games get canceled late because of RPI reasons, but maybe there's something going on with well, Alabama State. It, it may be something or... where it, it doesn't help Auburn to play it, period. Right. So that, that might be the case. Meanwhile, baseball, a wild series at home against Mississippi State. <laughs> really wild. Um, we, we were, you know, on the week, we were just getting back in town uh, on Friday. And uh, what a, I mean, a super fast, well pitched game. Just what you'd expect between the two teams with the worst ERAs <laughs> yeah. in the SEC. It, well, uh, game one was two to one. It was crazy. That's what I mean. Yeah. That was the Friday game. Yeah. And that's like, I, I told my wife as we're on the way in and it's, it's about to get started. I said, this is going to be a low scoring game because these two mm-hmm. teams can't get anybody out. Yep. They, they give up runs. And yeah, it was a two to one. Uh, Auburn gets the win. And then Saturday, you know what I was doing Saturday in the press box? I was totaling up how poor they'd been hitting the last four games, you know, getting ready. Yeah, it had been. Yeah. I mean, Auburn, that was my, that was, until yeah. the ninth <laughs> inning. Yeah. And, and well, I was. And Saturday might have been expected because when, I mean, we spent some of the week talking about how these two teams had struggled pitching in the SEC thus far in conference play. These were the teams with the two worst ERAs going into this weekend's action. I think they were both over what Auburn was right around eight and Mississippi State was right around nine as a team ERA, which means both these teams were giving up near, nearly a run an inning. And then you have yeah. that game and then you have that game on Friday and you think, well, well maybe, maybe we've seen a corner turned by at least one of these teams, but it's like, no, no, that's not I mean Well Auburn had actually pitched pretty well for like four straight games. And not hit the ball at all right. for like four straight games. Yeah. That's what Brian was working on. I, I have to admit, I couldn't go. I mean, I just there was so much stuff after being gone for a week, couldn't go. So I was listening. I, I, I was not as interested after a while. But right. I mean, the ninth inning, unbelievable. Really was. Auburn scores seven, has the tying run. Case now goes base. off. Was yeah. it? Was it a strike? Yeah, homers and yeah, homers and triples, triples. in the same inning. Yep. Stri- was strike three a strike? Oh, no, I thought Saturday. So. Okay. But I didn't see it on TV now. Come, my views from the press box. Yeah, I mean, I haven't uh, seen the t- TV look at. I, I was not watching. I was I was working in the yard, and and I and I heard. Well, that, what was kind of interesting about that uh, is, you know, they pinch hit for Nate Larue. I think it was Cam Hill, and then it was um, uh, Ryan Dodd twice. Yeah, those all three bats were strikeouts, right? Of yeah. course. You know, LaRue has struggled all season, but he now has. he's finally he's this starting, weekend. He's, yeah. he's starting to hit the ball. Hit his first home run on, um, was it Saturday? Or, it was Sunday, wasn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, it was Sunday, Sunday, his first home run. Yeah, and starting to get more walks, starting to, hit, you know, make better contact. So it looks like he's coming around. Finally. Yeah, Auburn, and then Auburn yesterday came, they started coming back a little quicker. Yeah, they were they down did. seven again, but this time they started to come back earlier. Down seven, nothing. Uh, in the fourth inning yesterday, yeah. and come all the way back. Didn't take a lead until the bottom of the eighth. Bryce and then, had a huge and, home run. And then to see uh, Mississippi State tie at the top of the ninth, Auburn win it at the bottom of the ninth. So yep. they win the series. They had to. I mean, that was yep. a must-win really series. So they're 7-11 and now in conference. Yep. And we'll talk with Auburn outfielder Justin Kirby at 5.30 as part of Tiger Takes, our usual, our usual Monday guest 
on uh, on 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 uh, the, uh, the the show in hour number two, and uh, looking forward to hearing about uh, you know J- Justin got to uh, you know got to experience uh, th- those those two thrilling wins on uh, on on Friday and Saturday, and so we'll get we'll get his thoughts on Auburn. Like I mean, he was he was telling us about how pivotal the series was for the team and uh, the importance of, of you know not 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 worrying about. The big picture and just taking you know t- taking them one game at a time. So we'll, so we'll talk uh, we'll, we'll talk after a successful series for the team with Justin Kirby. Right now, let's uh, let's get to the phone because we have got a call holding. Let's let's hold off on the break here. Let's go ahead and get to the phone and and I believe is it Terry? Yeah. Hey Terry. Hey Bill, Dan, and Brian. How y'all doing? Great. Good. Bill, welcome back. Hi, right, it's good to be back. <clears throat> Good to have you back. Brian, I want to ask you a question. When might we expect a decision from the basketball player from Florida State? Uh, he's supposed to visit tomorrow. Uh, this week, yeah. So uh, I would have, you know, he's got Auburn in his final three. And Missouri, he's already taking taking visits to Missouri and Miami. This will right. be his final visit. So I, would th- I would think any time this week. And obviously that would be uh, along with what they've already got in uh, uh, Denver Jones and uh, Cheney. Uh, that would be another huge pickup if they could land him. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk now, some basketball know, recruiting in the next segment. A few minutes ago, y'all were talking about the quarterback from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Based on what I've heard, Alabama would be in the market for a quarterback based on the A-Day game this weekend. I'd be really surprised if Alabama if Alabama went out and, and got someone like that as their uh, starting quarterback. Um, it's going to really be interesting to see if if Alabama does decide they're going to go ahead and completely change things up offensively. But that's sort of the way it looks right now. Well, Brian, do you, do you give any, any credence to the rumor going around that Auburn could run a 2013-type offense with Robbie Ashford and the upgrades they made on the offensive line, just run the ball, ram it down people's throats, run the ball in third and seven like they were doing in thirteen. Um, I, I do think that if it ends up being asked for, they would try to change some things around, certainly. I, I'm not sure they would um, go as far as, you know, putting in the 13 offense, right? Um, I don't know that anybody here has experience uh, running that Gus Malzahn-type right. system, but they'd have to make adjustments, certainly. Uh, but I still think, although I'm not as confident as I was a week ago, but I still think the, they're going to find a quarterback in the portal or a transfer quarterback in some, some fashion. I, yeah, but I, I don't think they just want to grab any quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, to be, and I can't remember exactly, Bill, maybe you can tell me. So Nick Marshall threw for about 95 yards a game that year. Yeah, he threw for a lot more in 14, but I don't remember his numbers. He threw, but, for, he threw, for, about, he threw for about 140, no, 150. And, and I think people forget, I mean, in 2013 against good teams, Auburn couldn't just, I mean, Auburn couldn't just run the football. Nick Marshall threw the ball 33 times against LSU that year, threw it 26 times against Georgia that year, threw it 27 times in the national championship game, uh, 30, 34 times in that in that Mississippi State come from behind win. So, I mean, Nick, Nick Marshall was, and he was a 60%, uh, completion uh, passer. He threw for a thousand yards and twelve touchdowns yeah. in 2013, and threw for. I I don't I don't yeah, think no, for, that, that he, threw for, he threw for nineteen hundred and seventy six yeah. yards. I think the notion the notion thirteen games. So. It's like I was saying about one hundred and fifty. Here, here, here's what I, here's what I would say about that. We appreciate the phone call, Terry. The, the notion that Robbie Ashford doesn't need to improve as a passer and Auburn can just scheme around it. I think is not that that's not going to be the case. I think Robbie Ashford's going to have to make some improvements if he's the quarterback. Nick was a Nick was a fifty nine point four percent passer as as uh, in his first year sixty point eight percent. Now could there could there be an offense that's that's better tailored to to Robbie Ashford's talents than the one Auburn was running last year? Absolutely. I, I think there's it's possible that. 
that some some of the exterior changes can result in improvements for Robbie Ashford. But he's going to have to be a more accurate passer because you know you, you can't just uh, we'll, we'll just run the ball and and that'll that'll cover it up. Defenses are too good for that. I mean, I Auburn's yeah. Auburn's going to need a threat throwing the football to back defenses off, even with a better offensive yeah. line and, and good running backs. Especially against the good quality teams in the SEC. And I didn't realize this, but Nick Marshall threw for 34 touchdown passes in his career and only ran, ran for 23. I thought it would be by far the opposite, but I guess it's been 10 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. John, hold on. You're up next when we come back here on the Monday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews. And let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And John is up next. Hey, John. I was uh, just going to tell you I was at the game uh, Sunday, courtesy of the tickets you provided. And uh, it was hot. my wife and I drove up or drove over after church, and it was a Chamber of Commerce type day, a spectacular, beautiful day. Oh, it was. It was hot, though. Good. Could have, could have stood a little bit more of a breeze, but yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. Yeah, before we got seated good, it was a uh, two nothing opposition, and then it turned into uh, seven yeah. nothing, and then the uh, Rocky theme song came on, and they started making a comeback. So it was a it was a nice day to be there to see them uh, show some life. Oh, you're right. We had the exact same, exact same situation. Um, uh, ran a little late getting getting uh, you know getting out of church and getting home, getting back, and it was. We were coming in, and it was like, oh, man, uh, let, let us get seated first. Yeah, and the, uh, those were uh, four egregious unearned runs that were allowed. The uh, the drop in center field or uh, left field and the uh, two pass balls, those were horrible. Yeah, that was but tough not to watch. Time, was yeah. pitches, but the back-to-back. Uh, yeah, it didn't feel like things were going to were likely to turn around. Right. So hopefully that happened at a good time. Maybe we'll be uh, – they would be fortunate that some of our pitchers will come back into health and they can finish out the season. Yeah, and and uh, you know, Brian, I was out most of last week. Any any update on Joseph? Uh, everything's been positive from when he's thrown the last still, week. Still or so. hoping there's a possibility for this weekend. Possibly for this weekend, or if they have to, they'll push it to next weekend. But there have been no setbacks so far. That's great. Yeah, yeah, Sunday was a trifecta for me: the girls winning the series and the boys winning the series, and I got home just in time to see up. Kyle Bush went to Talladega, so it was a pretty awesome day for me. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, I appreciate it. Y'all have a good afternoon. Hi, John. Glad you enjoyed, and and yeah, glad Auburn was able to pull it out. That's great yeah. when you when you get tickets, you get to see something like that, a comeback like that. We uh, we were talking a little bit of basketball in the previous segment. We had uh, Terry uh, asking about Matthew Cleveland. So we, we we got into this a little bit Friday, Bill. You you weren't here, but we you know I want I want your thoughts too. And and things have changed a little bit. We didn't talk too much Corey Williams on Friday's show, uh, but the Matthew Cleveland final three uh, for the Florida State transfer, the former five-star out of Atlanta, uh, he has Miami, 
who have been, I mean, Miami's made some splashes in the transfer portal in different sports mm-hmm. over the last oh, yeah. year, two years, to the point where it's a little bit like A&M football, where I think when a, when a player is considering Miami, the mind wanders as to what may be influencing his decision to go to the University of Miami. I, you know, I don't know exactly what's in play there. We talked about the possibility of of uh, Matthew Cleveland going to Missouri because of Charlton Young, right? right? C.Y. Young, the former Auburn assistant uh, from the Cliff Ellis days, uh, who is now on the staff uh, for Missouri, Dennis Gates' assistant. He was his primary recruiter, right, at Florida State. He was the guy who recruited Matthew Cleveland to Florida State, and so there could be a reunion there. Auburn is the other team in the final three, along with Miami and Missouri. And like you guys said, uh, Matthew Cleveland scheduled to come in sometime tomorrow. Yeah, this week, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow uh, to take his official visit, and we'll see if maybe shortly after that uh, there can be a decision. You know, in this case, you couldn't be the first official visit. But you made it. If, if he makes it in, being the last one's not bad at all. You like, it's you just like there are no position. guarantees that, right. that, that he's going to make it past that first if visit. If you know a guy's going to take all three, I think you'd rather be third than first. Probably. But if you... Since you don't know that, generally you'd rather just be first. One team I've been talking about with Matthew Cleveland a lot was North Carolina, uh, because from from the moment North Carolina, or from the moment Matthew Cleveland went in the portal, uh, I saw Florida State people expecting him to go to Auburn, and I saw Florida State people expecting him to go to North Carolina. I guess North Carolina had also heavily recruited him when he was a high school senior. North Carolina is not in his final three. North Carolina signed Harrison Ingram from Stanford, who plays Matthew Cleveland's position. So uh, what I thought might be Auburn's toughest competition for Matthew Cleveland is not in his final three, uh, but Miami has made some, they've made some big splashes, and Missouri has that connection with uh, with, with C.Y. Young. What, what are you hearing, Brian, about uh, Matthew Cleveland and, uh, and, and Auburn's chances? Uh, I don't know how good their chances are, but the fact that they're in this final three, the fact that he's coming in for an official visit... I think it's good. I think it's good to get the first visit, especially in the portal, because kids mm-hmm. tend to jump quick. But if he's going to take three visits, you get the third one. Well, that's a good position to be in too. And now uh, Auburn is is expecting um, um, Jalen Tyson in right, from Texas Tech. From Texas yep. Tech, I believe Thursday. Now, has he taken a visit anywhere yet, or is Auburn going to be his first? I don't know if he's taken. Uh, I, I hadn't heard. I hadn't heard about any other. Yeah, official that's visits. the thing. I think Auburn may for, be his first. For, I, and I think that may depend on what happens. With, I with think Matthew. absolutely it does. I yeah. think Auburn's Auburn's got a very good situation here with these two guys yep. scheduled to come in. If they get Matthew Cleveland, I'm sure they'd still welcome <laughs> Jalen Tyson in. But if he decided, nah, he you know he he might think that's too many people competing for playing time, then Auburn would be thrilled if they get Matthew Cleveland. Oh, but yes. I think. I think if you get one of these two guys, uh, it's it's a very very nice pickup. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think they've already um, hit a couple of big needs in Denver Jones and Ch- Cheney Johnson. Uh, Denver is a two that can hit a three, can defend. He's six foot four. Cheney Johnson can play the three or four. He was the is it the SoCon Player of the Year? Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think he, he was from UAH. <coughs> right. Um, and it has that you know that length and versatility at six foot seven. Jalen Tyson uh, has visited Cal and okay. has confirmed that he will visit Kansas and Auburn before making his decision. Okay, so, so he's another guy that's going to Kansas gonna visit was, three. Kansas was heavily <laughs> in on Harrison Ingram, the player who just chose North Carolina, 
and they were uh, they were viewed, I think, by some of the Texas Tech folks as this is before Corey Williams came to Auburn. We should also probably talk about that because that's a that's a big factor in the in the Jalen Williams. Sure, in the Jalen. Yeah, very similar to the situation you were talking about with Missouri. And uh, Matthew Cleveland, but Matt, but I would say watch out for Kansas as Auburn's competition for Jalen Tyson. If Auburn get, I mean, look, I think it's, I'll, I'll have egg on my face if I'm wrong about this. Bill feels pie in the sky to say Matthew Cleveland and Jalen Tyson at Auburn because those. Oh both, yeah, I think so. Those both feel like guys that are going to start at the three wherever they are. If you come away with one of them, considering what else you've done this offseason, you've you've had a, a very successful run over these last few weeks. Uh, if if Matthew Cleveland ends up picking a school other than Auburn, suddenly Jalen Tyson, I think, becomes. I mean, then then it's uh, it's Auburn and whoever else Jalen. I mean, you're in, you're in the final three, seemingly for for two for two very right. you know very important additions. Uh, to the team, so we'll see. Corey Williams, uh, Brian, we were just talking about the the assistant, formerly at Texas Tech. Uh, what do you know about the, the newest addition to, uh, to to Bruce Pearl's staff? Yeah, I think he's a really experienced guy who has a great reputation as a coach and recruiter. Mm-hmm. Has a lot of great contacts uh, around the Southeast and really across the country now. But um, you know, a guy that I forget all the schools he's been to, but Arkansas. Six straight years at Florida State. Right. Speaking of another former and Florida State assistant, they were not. They did not finish below five hundred in conference play yeah. once in six seasons in the ACC. Uh, that, then Florida State, not a school that always. Uh, you know, I know of late they've been pretty good, but not a school that always competed at the highest level in ACC basketball, even uh, with Leonard Hamilton. So yeah, he, he gets a lot of credit for for the work he did in helping bring in several big time recruits to Tallahassee. Yeah, and um, uh, he was a part of really that program building back to being a real competitive program in the SEC. So uh, I think he's a great addition, and I would expect him to uh, be heavily involved in Auburn's <coughs> top targets. Uh, you know, in, in in this class and moving forward, people get people get hung up on his record as a as a head coach because the Stetson win loss record is not is not very good. But I mean, you you don't you don't win. Like you don't win, uh, you don't win head coaching jobs with lottery tickets, right? Like you have to do really well as an assistant to get hired as a head coach somewhere. And uh, you know, th- this is a guy who has a lot of really impressive experience uh, throughout his career. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious, you know, and, and it is similar. It, it's striking how there are similarities to Wes Flanagan's, uh, to Wes Flanagan's resume. And so it's, it's all, it's not a one for one replacement. But it does seem like he checks a lot of the boxes that Wes Flanagan checked off with what he brought to the staff. And I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, Corey Williams can do, what sort of dividends it pays uh, when, uh, when he's able to, to start uh, attracting talent. Yeah, so hopefully uh, for Auburn they're able to pick up a third addition from the portal. Uh, what, what's the latest on the, uh, on the big guy, um, the guy from Clemson? Oh, well, I think he chose North Carolina State. Okay, Ben, 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 right. ben Middlebrooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Late, yeah. late last week. Yeah. Okay. There was well, a, that's what I mean. It, it's tough. It's tough to keep. There up. was a trade in in the ACC because I think like within an hour, a North Carolina State player picked Clemson in the portal, and a, and a Clemson player oh, yeah. picked North Carolina State. So within <laughs> nice trade. With, well, yeah, that's with, the that's the only thing we're missing now. We got free agency, and the players are getting money. You know? And a draft. Yeah, we're, that's we're, right. All we're missing, yeah, all we're missing is, is a free agency. Yeah, it trades and a draft. So does I mean? So does it look like Auburn is uh, um, not going to pursue anybody else I, I as far they, as inside. I think they could find the right person. They will. Okay, um, but you know, uh, it's hard to find somebody. Hey, I want you to come be a backup. Right. Center. Oh you know, yeah. It's just a tough, a tough selling point. 
What do you know about uh, Cheney Johnson? I mean, let's let's talk about the addition to the transfer portal from uh, from, from UA Huntsville. I mean, th- this is a uh, uh, this is this is a guy who it, it's an intri- it's tough to project a D two player, Brian. Like it's tough to talk about like what he what he what he brings with the same sort of certainty as I don't know Janai Broom or you know so, somebody who played even high level. Right mid-major basketball last year uh but he's he's an intriguing addition and uh you know and, and seemingly brings some uh, some talent on the wing what, what do you know about cheney johnson well he is from alabaster so he's an insect kid and I, and I like that he's a guy that you know went to a smaller school worked his tail off got better every year um you know and wants to challenge himself by coming to a school like auburn he's also an academic all-american or, or all-conference there so uh, this is a guy that takes care of his business, business on and off the field, which is a big plus. So, you know, he's going to fit in well and be a great teammate, which is, I, I think, really important to have a successful team. And then, you know, he's got that length. He can play on the wing as a three or four, and he has, a, you know, that six, seven frame. So he can knock down threes. He was better a three-point shooter a year ago than he was last year, uh, but still he can do that. And he can also do some things around the rim and play some defense, too, with his length. So uh, I think it's a great pickup, a guy who's either going to start or be a key man right off the bench. Get a, uh, um, a, a, uh, an FYI from younger son mm-hmm. that uh, Jalen Tyson's brother was the leading receiver at Colorado this past year, and he just went into the portal today. That's right. How about that? How about that, yeah. Interesting. Among 30 and players? Among, yeah. yeah. Among the yeah. 30 well, Colorado as players. As Matt said, among the million that well, entered the you, portal well, today. When, you know what? When you meet your team and say, you better get in the portal because I got your replacements ready to go. Get in the portal. I'd listen That's to right. him. Yeah, take take him at his word. Yeah, by the way, uh, yeah, uh, by the way uh, now we, we'd seen news earlier today that, uh, that a, a teammate of his... Um, Montana Lamonius Craig had been offered by Auburn. And then uh, Jordan Tyson this past year, let's see, 6'2", 185, freshman this past year, 22 catches, 470 yards and two touchdowns, but 252 yards and two touchdowns in their last two games. Yeah, that's, so, that's exciting. And that was at TCU, which had a you know terrific season, obviously. So, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, some interesting things going on. All right, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. Right back with more here on the Monday Drive. You're live on the Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Drive. Final few minutes of hour number one here on this Monday Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, and uh, Marcus, if you get a chance, give us a call back. We had Marcus as we uh, went to our break. Thought we'd talk with him. Marcus, uh, give us a call. We'll uh, we'll get you on. I want to uh, let you know as, as we look ahead for the show this week that Friday... Because of the because of ESPN 106.7 carrying the NFL draft, we'll just be on for the for one hour. That's on right. Wall to wall coverage of the NFL draft here on ESPN 106.7. We're going to have ESPN Radio's coverage uh, throughout the draft Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Big news today as 
Aaron Rodgers traded to the New York yeah. Jets. The long that had been rumored for a long time. Longtime Green Bay Packer uh, was uh, was traded. Second time the uh, Packers have traded a longtime franchise quarterback to the New York Jets in the last uh, well 15, since the last time. Yeah, fifteen years or so. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers both go from the Packers uh, to the Jets in a, an amazing coincidence. That that. Uh, trade shakes up the draft in a number of ways. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers and the uh, first round pick uh, for the Green Bay Packers, the 15th overall pick, uh, going to the Jets for New York's first round pick, the 13th overall, along with uh, the, the second round pick, some other things too. There are conditional elements to it, but it's it's a uh, it, it's a swap of first round picks and and some other. Uh, uh, and, and some other considerations for the Packers. Uh, and the Pe- Green Bay mo- drafted Jordan Rodgers a couple years ago, so so they're looking to move on from Rodgers. Uh, Green Bay after Jordan Love a couple of years ago, they're looking to move mm-hmm. on uh, from Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Uh, looking for what was the last time the Jets felt really good about their franchise quarterback? Bill, it's been it's been a, a, a long time. <laughs> Namath yeah. was it? Namath was the last one. Uh, they, they like they like Todd a little bit after that. Chad, know, but, okay, but they haven't. No. I mean, Chad Pennington had a year or two, yeah. but it's been a very long time uh, for the uh, for, for the New York Jets, and, and maybe they've they've uh, they're looking for some stability there with with Aaron Rodgers coming in. But that's a a big move because you know Rodgers had been a Packers whole career and uh, had had that. You know the amazing success he's had. Oh yeah, no kidding. We'll see. We'll see what he can do. What he can do in uh, in New York for gangrene. Yeah. So uh, so so that's coming up. Obviously, just wanted to let you know. I mean, we'll uh, so we'll, we'll be uh, taking an early weekend on Friday afternoon. Nice. Uh, yeah, Jets, that's, Jets, that's always good. Jets are now fourteen to one uh, to uh, win the Super Bowl, and uh, they are minus one fifty favorites to make the playoffs. Uh, this year, and uh, and and Aaron Rodgers has the seventh shortest odds among all players to be NFL MVP this season, according to uh, Caesar Sports. Well, he's got a little of a track record. Yep. So uh, so so a uh, uh, some optimism there that the uh, the Jets could enjoy success in year one now that Aaron Rodgers is their new quarterback. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We're about to uh, take our top of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about. Uh, we talked some uh, portaling uh, possibilities and news. We can get to anything you want in hour number two. Come on in and join us. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is Sports Center. 
I'm Christine Lisi. The story of the day from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Jets got their man and Aaron Rodgers got his wish. The Packers finalized the trade of their iconic quarterback to New York. The team swapped first-round picks in Thursday's NFL draft. Jets now have 15th overall, Packers number 13. Green Bay also has second and sixth-round picks and a conditional 2024 second-rounder. The sky now the limit for the Jets with Rodgers, believes ESPN's Dan Orlovsky. Jets are Super Bowl contenders. That remains in place. I think the two things that stand out, so he could potentially be traded for two number one picks and the number two pick. That is a massive cost for the Jets that had to do it. I do like the fact that they have a first round pick, but I still think the Jets can get the offensive tackle they want at 15. Some big NBA notes today as well. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reporting. Former Celtics coach Ime Udoka has been hired as the new coach of the Rockets. He'd announced Jimmy Butler's available for game four of the first round playoff series versus the Bucks tonight. Kings guard De'Aaron Fox fractured tip of his left index finger. Will be listed as doubtful for game five against the Warriors tomorrow, according to Woj. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance. And cover your furry friends with pet health insurance. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Monday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Hope everybody had a great weekend. It was a... Uh, Nice weather-wise weekend, and uh, it's another gorgeous day today. So hope everybody doing well. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com, Drew at the controls here in the studio on this Monday. And we're uh, ready for hour number two, which is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic. East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at OrthoClinic. Dot com, And you can join us by calling the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. As, as we mentioned, Brian Matthews with us. Uh, once again here on this Monday, as we get a little more back to, uh, to normal, uh, I appreciate all the, all the help, uh, that, that, uh, uh, filled in last week while I was gone most of the week. So it's good to be back. Let's see. There's, uh, there, there's some news I'm, I'm and a glad, lot of rumbling. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad you guys mentioned the Colorado thing in, in, in the last hour because we've, we'd alluded to, the possibility at Auburn, and and we didn't, you know, we didn't know how busy right. this portal period was going to be, but but if if there was going to be a a mass exodus, if there was going to be a dozen plus players from one school 
deciding uh, we're all going in the portal and looking looking elsewhere. It was probably going to be at a place with a first year head coach, yeah, inheriting now. a situation where you know where, where you know a lot of the roster was 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 already there when he arrived. And and you mentioned it. I mean, Deion Sanders said, "Hey, go in the get in the transfer portal. Hop, because- hop in that portal." <laughs> were the words he used to the team. And and but now. Do you, do you think he wishes maybe he hadn't said that? Because with 30 players entering the portal, I don't know that he's going to find 30. I think he already that, has, hasn't he? Well, they were, yeah, they were very busy in the first wave. Of, they were, uh, but I mean, Colorado what, are, was, was what like, are their numbers now, though? I don't have their scholarship numbers. I, right I mean, on me, because but. I believe I saw that they're going to, they're in the 60 something range right now. You think he's going to be able to add 20 more? They've had 28 enter the portal since April 15th. Right. And so how many have they added since April 15th? I, I don't know how many they've added since then. That's, see, that's the thing. I just wonder what numbers they're going to be at. I saw this earlier. Just give me a second. I think I can find it. But I mean, see, that's the thing. It's just, I uh, um, that is a mass exodus in the last 10 days. And it includes two wide receivers, Jordan Tyson and Montana Lamonius Gray. Right. Jordan Tyson is the brother of Jalen Tyson. Uh, Jaden Tyson. Tyson, who is visiting Auburn, uh, scheduled to visit Auburn Thursday, the basketball uh, wing 6-7 player. Yeah, so right Texas now they're State. even, 29 departures, 29 additions. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that didn't, that's better than I thought. Yeah. Is that that includes their high school signees, I imagine, in the, in that 29? Or is that, or is that just from the portal? Because mm. I would think maybe if you if you include... I think that's just the portal, but I could be wrong. Because I would think if you include... If that includes the players that, you know, dion has gone out and signed from, from the high school ranks, it would make... Because because you have kids that presumably haven't arrived well, yet. The, would uh, be... Yeah. Montana had a great spring, had a, had a great game. I, I don't know that Dion was expecting him to hop into the portal. No, I mean you, you don't know. I mean he, he he suggested it to the you know to the to the whole locker room. But you're right. Maybe uh, maybe some of those players were going to have a chance to win their win their jobs back. But the uh, so yeah, we'll see if Auburn is uh, is pursuing Auburn. Apparently is is def- I mean they're 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 very interested in the uh, um, what's what's the hyphen. Lamonis Craig. Craig. Yeah, Montana. Craig. Uh, yeah, Montana. And I remember Craig was at the end. Uh, Auburn apparently has already offered him. Yep. And then uh, Jordan Tyson just entered the portal today. Big time. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, so it's it's some, something to watch for, you know, among uh, you know among where, the stories there. And what were you going to ask? Where, where? No, I was just saying, where, where are the uh, Tysons originally from? Aren't they from Texas? Texas. Yeah, they're yeah. originally uh, originally out of Texas. Uh, Jaden uh, or Jalen. Went to uh, went to Texas originally, and then and and then arrived at, at Texas Tech. Started started his career at the University of Texas. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that, that. That's I'm sure that. Let's see the the other schools were Kansas and who, for uh, for for, uh, he's, for he's, visited, he's visited Cal already. Well, they they probably would. They probably love to have both the brothers if they could. Um, just just as I would imagine Auburn would. Mark Madsen. The new coach at Cal, I believe, the former uh, for, former professional basketball player and, uh, huh. and and Stanford player, yeah, the uh, uh, mm-hmm. who was in, in his first year, just just got that job, so um, look, looking to make a big splash if, if he could land uh, Tyson. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye there. So, um, yeah, Brian, you, you mentioned it a little early when we were first getting started that I think um, I think a lot of folks thought there would be much more movement on the Auburn front. In the uh, in the in the second transfer portal, I, I as a matter of fact, I heard someone say, "Oh, 
expect at least a dozen players to be added in this one. And that's like, I, I mm. never thought it would be anywhere near that number. I was thinking more four or five is seemed, seemed realistic. Right. You know, possibly, you know, a quarterback if it's the right guy, an offensive lineman yep. or two, a receiver or two, an edge. Or two, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's exactly what I'm still expecting. I still think they can find a quarterback. Uh, they've got an edge visiting right now. Uh, they had offensive linemen visiting um, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are making moves there. It's just a, and they've offered a couple wide receivers, and, and one may come in this next weekend. So uh, they're working on it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, now we've got just six days left for players to enter the portal. Right. Uh, would you be surprised if any more Auburn players entered? Mm. I wouldn't. I would not be. It's surprised, also the last week of classes, right? You know, we'll wait and see. As you know, as as some uh, some guys get through with classwork, they may decide, okay, now's the time. Yeah, and you know, T.J. Finley's one to keep an eye on, but I think his plan is to graduate, uh, which is coming up what in a week and a half week and now. Half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, I would I would think, and and without yeah, I don't know about mm-hmm. any players in particular, but I would I would think that anyone. Anyone that you don't really see factoring into the two deep who's been in college football more than a year or two. Particularly at positions that Auburn seems to be pursuing. Yeah. But might, you know, and, that, and that's, I mean, where, where are we, where are we talking about? And, and we're, we're not just assuming it. I mean, and look, Hugh, Hugh, like Brian Hugh just Freeze said. has been open about some of these answers, right? right. Quarterback, well, receiver, receiver, edge, edge, offensive line. Right. The, the, so if you're, if you're a, Quarterback, a receiver, an offensive lineman, or an edge who's yeah. not in the two deep, yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise. And it might, and it might get more crowded between now and the start that of the season. Right. So it, you know that that's where uh, you could see Auburn. Although, although there have already been some, there's already been some attrition to the Auburn roster. You know, you, you could see more, and not just in the portal window. Because you could also be talking about guys getting their degrees mm-hmm. and and leaving uh, before the start of fall practice somewhere else. 334-321-1390. We'd love for you to join in. We also talked in hour number one about the, uh, well, we're sort of talking the basketball and the football portals together because we're talking the Tyson brothers. Jalen, who is a uh, Texas Tech uh, transfer, who is expected to be visiting. And then uh, um, Jordan, the receiver who had just entered the transfer portal today from Colorado, who was Colorado's leading receiver this past year. Uh, we, we were talking about the the basketball portal where Auburn has added two and has a very high-profile visitor coming in tomorrow in Matthew Cleveland. Yeah, and um, two great uh, additions so far. And and Denver Jones, a 6'3 guard, 6'4 guard. Chaney Johnson, a 6'7 wing. And then Matthew Cleveland, another 6'7 wing slash guard is here, uh, or is coming here, I think you said, I think it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep, and uh, he's down to Auburn, Missouri, in Miami. Should have a decision probably this week. And then Jalen Tyson is another one that Auburn's offered, and he's down to mostly Auburn, Cal, and Kansas. Mm-hmm. And may come in at the end of the week. Yeah, and I would think I would think these guys, you know, they, they've been playing college basketball for a little while, Matthew Cleveland and, and uh, Jalen Tyson. They, they, they know what they're looking for. And, I mean, playing time is, is obviously a big part of it. But, I mean... They they know what they you know what they want to hear as far as uh, system and how they fit uh, and and how they they feel like they fit there at that school. I, I can't imagine that for either one of these guys, it's going to be very long after their Auburn visit. If if they both make right. Auburn visits, 
I, I would think by the end of this week, you'll have an idea. You'll know where both these guys are headed. Yeah, I, I agree. And if um, Matthew Cleveland was to pick Auburn, that might be they might feel good about that, and maybe Jalen Tyson does a visit. We'll see. I mean, they're similar. Uh, I mean, I haven't really watched I, a lot of film on them. I don't think Auburn is getting both. I think Auburn has a pretty good shot at coming away with one of them. If you want, if you want to say like an and or like Auburn's, you know, and, and it seems like other people view Auburn as at least a co-favorite, if not the favorite for for Cleveland among these three. If Cleveland chooses Missouri or Miami, feels like Auburn versus Kansas is where the mm-hmm. is where the Tyson battle boils down, and we'll see if his brother. Uh, now being in the portal in basketball or in football uh, impacts uh, that at all as far as where uh, you know because may- maybe they maybe they both end up somewhere. In which case you would like Auburn's chances, although Kansas was uh, yeah. You know, I they, mean, they took a step I mean, forward that, last well, year, I, and that's sort of a, that's an interesting thing. I mean, what if I mean, what what if they prefer you know one over the other? Uh, I mean, you can both choose Cal, and then Auburn's playing him in football. Oh, that's true. This year, when, 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 the, when Auburn goes out to Berkeley. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I just, yeah, I was just wondering if if Auburn. I mean, since since Auburn has gone ahead and offered um, uh, one receiver from Colorado, would they? Do they want to wait until they find out what happens with his so brother? Jordan Tyson. Jordan Tyson is the receiver from Colorado that just went in the portal. He's had a brother and a teammate offered by Auburn. Right, right. Is that, that's that's where we stand now. <laughs> is that Jordan Tyson just went in the portal today? Yeah, sort of, sort of be a, a you know his yes a bit of a slap if he doesn't get well, but, if he doesn't but, get some interest from Auburn. But I believe he, I believe Auburn's. Uh, uh, Auburn's got some folks that are following Jordan Tyson now. Well, if Auburn, I'll tell you what, if Auburn gets Jordan, you know, you can pitch that all three of them, you know, they're not going to come alone. Like, they'll know people when they get there because, <laughs> true. you know, you get the Tyson brothers and uh, and Montana, uh, you know, all, all, uh, all signing up together. But, yeah, and, and I know what Montana's confirmed on social media. Uh, the Yes, uh, he has. The, that he's been offered by Auburn. And, and then Auburn, we know. That that uh, Jaden Tyson's coming in this week for a visit, and there's the connection between Jaden Tyson and Corey Williams, uh, Auburn's new right. assistant coach in men's basketball, who recruited Tyson to Texas Tech. I don't think Auburn's coming away with Matthew Cleveland uh, and and Jaden Tyson, uh, but uh, you know they they, could, they may they may come away with uh, Matthew Cleveland out of Tyson. There could be yeah, <laughs> and 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 another receiver from Colorado yeah, potentially as as well. So yeah, these uh, there are some interesting developments these last couple of uh, these last couple of days. All right, uh, I've confused myself a little bit here as we. You can follow all that right? <laughs> Easy. Oh like, yeah, it was like the intro to an episode of Soap. Right, like, like you can, you you understand all that, right? Uh, you watch Rabbit Hole yet? I've not. Sort of I've like not that. seen Rabbit sort Hole. Sort of like that. Yeah. All right, we'll get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join in here on the Monday Drive. The drive continues. 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 The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 18 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews. And we'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, we mentioned a little earlier 
that uh, we'll be uh, leaving the air um, at 5 o'clock on Friday because of ESPN 106.7's coverage of the NFL Draft, which gets underway yeah. on Thursday. And, uh, uh, Brian, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts about Auburn and the uh, and the NFL draft. I think it's going to be a good draft for Auburn. I think they're going to have four or five or so players picked. Um, Derek um, Hall is definitely going to be the first guy off the board, I believe. I would think. Um, Tate Bisbee and Colby Wooden are going to go, you know, fairly early, day two types, you know, somewhere in there. Um, Owen Popo will be drafted somewhere, I, I think. Um, and then we'll see on Eculiota, who's coming back from the injury. I don't know exactly where that fits. Um Maybe some of the linemen, um, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. Anders Carlson, I don't know that. Yeah, he'll get a shot. I don't yeah. know if he'll be drafted, right. but he'll exactly. definitely get a shot. That's the way I feel about it, too. So, um, Auburn only had one player, uh, Roger McCreary, drafted last year. So, this will definitely Tank, be a step up. Tank, Derek, and Colby are our guys that I feel mm-hmm. pretty confident in like where, where, the, where they will be drafted. And I think Tank and Derek both have shots at going in the second round. Um, maybe maybe it's it would be a viewed as a reach, uh, but I think both those guys are in the top fifty, top seventy five on a lot of boards, which would put you in the tail end of the second round, beginning of the third round. So so I think you could hear them relatively early uh, in in the draft. And and I I'm biased, but I I think the world of Derek Hall. Like I think that I would be uh, yeah. I mean I, I just think that would be a guy. If I mean he's he's an outstanding football player. But if the other stuff matters, right? If if it if intelligence and character and and you know what you're getting as an ambassador, you know I, I don't know how much water that carries in the NFL draft because maybe they view they can get a lot of character guys later on. But if if it factors in at all, on top of what you're getting as a football player, it should matter with Derek Hall because that guy is oh, yeah. uh, he, he's he's got he's got everything you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've not covered many players in my entire career that were better people, persons, players on and off the field than Derek Hall. And I hope, not just for Derek Hall, but for a couple of these guys, it, it seems like, I mean, Bill, you, Bill, you've seen a lot of Auburn you know, teams come and go, and people get really sentimental about the ones that won a lot of football games. And they, sure. You know, you build, you build your legacy with, with championships. And I get all that, but I really hope that players like Derek Hall and Tank Bigsby and Colby Wooden are warmly re- received forever by Auburn fans. Oh, I can't imagine you, why they wouldn't be just because they didn't win, you know, a championship or have ten win seasons. I think I think the fans still really appreciate what they did and sticking around too. I mean, in uh, Derek, Derek and Colby, you know. Could have tested the waters a year earlier, and nobody would have said anything. And, and Owen too. I'm not. I mean, there's no reason to exclude oh, yeah. Owen oh, no. Papo no, no, from no, you're that right. conversation too. I mean, as far as the guys that were around and, and had, uh, you know, options, uh, could have left after uh, two seasons ago or last season, and, and are, are still, uh, you know, were were able to to play these last few years on the field. Yeah, I, I hope they're uh, they're remembered uh, by uh, by Auburn fans with uh, you know with you know. I, I hope it's. I hope they have legacies here that are celebrated, even if the teams didn't win a ton of games uh, these last couple of years. And it's tough to project what what running backs are going to do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But like, what is what does Tank Bigsby? You know what what does he what does he not have? Right. I mean, as far as to be, no, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar NFL right. running back, but to be a guy who can produce, it, it seems like Tank Bigsby would fulfill 
you know, he's t- Tank Bigsby has what what running what teams are looking for. Yeah, to me, he looks like running backs. He looks like a multi-year starter in the NFL to me. I mean, we know how running backs don't necessarily last very long, right? Just because of the nature of the game, and you know, a lot of times they'll have um, how many years is the rookie contract? Is it four years? I think that's right. Uh, they'll have, you know, since it's four years, and then it, it can be hard because people just don't want to pay for him anymore. They'd rather draft a guy in the third or fourth round, let him, you know, carry the ball and, you know, a few hundred times for three or four years and then, you know, move on to the next guy. So, um, which is, you know, unfortunate for a guy like Tank who's really talented, but I still think that he can take advantage of whatever opportunity he has. Oh, yeah. And, and the other thing is um, you don't find an awful lot of good teams that don't have, I mean, Yes, it's not like you draft them first round anymore or um, you're, you're looking for them uh, to have 10-year careers with you talking, to run, talking about running backs. But there are an awful lot of teams that are always looking for a good running back. So. Yeah, and, and because it's uh, out of fashion to draft running backs early and, and teams now tend to wait, I think that whatever team ends up drafting Tank Bigsby, and I would say... Whatever team ends up drafting Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, I, I think both of those guys should probably, in, in a previous era of football, those guys, based on their skills, would have gone very early in the draft. And now, because it's it, it's uh, it, it's believed that you can wait, you can find, you can replace a running back very easily, and you can find talented running backs later in the draft. You know, I, I just think whatever team comes away with Tank Bigsby or Jameer Gibbs is is going to have a real steal. Because they didn't have to take them very early in the draft, they got them in the second round or the third round, which is where people are projecting uh, those, those those two to go. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The uh, the ESPN. I don't want to give the you know all the proprietary uh, stuff away, but but ESPN's latest uh, projections have uh, they've got Derek as a second rounder, and they've got Tank going in the uh, they, they've got Tank going in the third. Well, that would uh, both... see, if I, see if I can find where Colby's going. Yeah, that that would be that would be Friday then. So, and we'll, and again, we'll have all of that right here on ESPN one zero six seven wall to wall coverage of the NFL draft on ESPN Radio as the uh, as as the draft uh, gets going this weekend. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Love to hear from you. Anything on your mind, sports wise? And of course, we're going to talk. Oh, that's with Justin, right. Coming up, in just a few minutes. We're going to talk with Justin Kirby about this uh, past weekend and the uh, and the rest of the season for Auburn. A couple of huge, uh, huge opponents on the horizon for Auburn with South Carolina and LSU, two teams mm-hmm. that are firmly in the thick of the conversation uh, to to be uh, national championship contenders. Yeah, South Carolina has, uh, has has really been playing well, and that's where Auburn goes this weekend. I mean, great. It's much better to be going in there coming off, um, you know, coming off a series win. And, uh, I mean, Auburn right now is uh, two games out of third in the in the SEC West because Alabama Alabama's really gotten hot. I mean, yeah. remember, both teams were 4-8. and eight. Alabama's won 5 out of 6 right now. Yeah. A&M sliding a little bit. They're 9-9. Nine and, nine. and Georgia swept Arkansas this weekend. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. I mean, it has it has been. This league is so talented, but yeah, South Carolina right now with the best record in the SEC. They're thirteen and four. Uh, Vandy a half game back at thirteen and five. Then then LSU, as you mentioned, next week's opponent here at Plainsman Park. Now, I think Vandy got swept by Tennessee this week. If I'm not mistaken, I know they lost the series. Yeah, they lost the series. I wasn't sure. I know that uh, that was that was getting started as we were getting out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. 
uh, this this past weekend. But uh, but still, the uh, they the yeah it was a sweep. Yep. Uh, yeah, Vandy Vandy at thirteen and five. Kentucky and Florida are eleven and seven. Tennessee had been really struggling. Five and ten, and they and they sweep um, Vandy over the weekend. So, so yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk a little uh, college baseball. Auburn with two out of three and um, all one run games, two to one, eleven to ten, and twelve to eleven. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, you got your money's worth. You went yeah. to play no Park. I mean, you got you got you, you got a, a, a competitive I game. Mean, exciting to the last pitch <laughs> of every game. I mean, it really was. So. Uh, um, and and two games that did. How about Cooper McMurray, SEC Player yeah, of the Week? Just uh, hit four home runs, I think, on the weekend. As hitting four on the weekend, five, five for the week. Yeah, five, five and yeah, four games. Yep, two right, so. two different games that did not seem like they were going to come down to the last out very early on. Uh, right? No, no right. games. Games two and three, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, on Saturday, it was a ten three game. No, was it? 11, 11 to three, going to the ninth. Eight, yeah, eight on runs Saturday. Eight, eight run, run lead. lead finished being a one run game, and then Sunday Auburn's down seven nothing. Finished before finished, they came back. Finished with a one run game, tying run at third. That's right. I mean, on, on, well, on and, Saturday, and, and then and then uh, yesterday, uh, I believe, yeah, the tying run was at third for uh, for Mississippi State. No, I guess that was in the ninth. They tied it. Yeah, it was tied run at third, and then they tied it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it was a twelve to eleven win yesterday after uh, after Auburn came back. So Auburn's got to be feeling better. But Cooper McMurray, you know, his first time up yesterday, he just missed one. He hit one to dead center yeah, yeah. that was about four hundred feet. And yeah. I I told my wife, I said, if he just pulled it, of course, the next time he <laughs> pulled it, and the next, and then he hit each foul oh, pole that's crazy. next to it. Never backs. seen that before. The the and Saturday the. Uh, the runner that was stranded on third. I mean, that ball. That was Casey Howell. Casey Howell's triple. Game time grand slam. Casey Howell's triple came within millimeters, seemingly, of going over the fence and uh, and, and, and tying the game. And instead, uh, Auburn uh, Auburn drops that. The, the one game they drop in the series uh, is, uh, is, is is that close right. to being a, a victory. All right. Uh, stick with us. 30 more minutes to go here on the Monday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Drew at the controls, and it's time now for our weekly Tiger Take segment 
Brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. And once again today, joined by Auburn University outfielder Justin Kirby here on the Monday Drive. Justin, how you doing today? Doing good. How about you guys? Doing fine. I mean, uh, a, uh, a a big series win and a, and a crazy one. I mean, you get um, the the I guess unexpected pitchers duel on on Friday night, a, a two to one game. But then, yeah, let's make up for it with an eleven ten and twelve eleven games to follow. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a great great baseball weekend. Um, the uh, the Friday game, yeah, it was a uh, kind of a game that we hadn't really experienced so far this year, or at least in a while. It was a close one throughout, um, but pitcher showed up. Tommy Vale continues to do Tommy Vale things. Um, the guy they had going on Friday night, he was really good. Uh, fastball was. You know, kind of stayed around the low to mid nineties, but uh, you know, from from the guys, guys like guys kept coming back to the dugout saying like it, it almost looks like it's rising. It's uh, it was spinning really well, and he was able to just continue to pound the outer half of the plate. And uh, you know, the umpire, you know, maybe was giving a a ball or two off every now and then. And credit to him, he was good enough to just keep putting it there and. Now, trying to hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, that's about four or five inches off the plate is a very, very tough thing to do. But um, we uh, it was a great Friday night win. Uh, just one of the most heads-up, craziest base-running plays I've ever seen by Chris Stanfield. And, I mean, speed kills. He makes things happen. It's really fun to watch. Uh, and then, yeah, going into Saturday and Sunday, the, the bats came alive. And, you know, Saturday was... We almost pulled off one of the greatest what? comebacks I've ever seen, and then uh, and then Sunday we we really just uh, I guess we just had a little bit more left in the tank to to finish that one off. But I mean it was a an awesome way to start the second half and a lot of lot of stuff to build on. Yeah, no no question about it. I'll, I'll get back to Tommy Vale. I mean back to back just super starts for him, and you can just sort of feel him you know getting stronger each time as he goes out. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know we talk about how excuse me um you know when he's on I, I we confidently think that he's one of the best pitchers in America um it's nothing that you know especially if you're just watching on TV you know you, you kind of ask yourself how does a guy who his fastball you know barely cracks the nineties how is this you know kind of overpowering people and. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy whose his ball spins really well, so his his ninety ninety one, you know, plays more like it's ninety five, especially coming from you know, I hope Tommy's not listening, but he's not the tallest of, of uh of guys. <laughs> so it's coming it's coming it's coming from a little bit of a, a shorter uh shorter slot than mm-hmm. uh, a batter might typically be used to. So the way the ball comes out of his hand, it almost does feel like it's it's rising on you. And then you pair that with uh, one of the best curveballs I've ever seen. True twelve six curveball that I think if uh, it's almost like if he released it any higher, I feel like it would start spinning backwards towards him, like a like a boomerang, because he he spins it so well and he can land the slider when he needs to. Uh, his changeup just continues to be a pitch that he has a lot of feel for, and I think just it's so fun to watch him pitch because 
yes, he's had so much experience at the college level, and he knows what he knows what he needs to do to put us in a position to win. But he really knows who he is as a pitcher. He understands his identity. That, um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't throw a hundred, but if he can locate pitches where he has to, uh, get guys to swing at his pitches and makes his stuff play up way more than you know maybe what it appears to be on paper and and then saturday you know th- things things don't go auburn's way for most of the game mississippi state builds an 11-3 lead in the ninth inning take us back into the uh, in, into the dugout there what, what's it like as auburn chips away and eventually i mean they Within millimeters, right? That ball, that ball nearly goes over the fence to tie the game. We were just talking about it mm-hmm. in the previous segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what what can you tell us about that ninth inning against Mississippi State on Saturday? Um, you know, it it really goes back to just kind of our identity as an offense, and uh, especially as you get into those later innings, making sure that you are as tough of an out as possible. Um, and even if they score 11 runs or if they score 100 runs, it's still their job to get our guys out. And it's our uh, responsibility to really make that as tough on the opposing guys as possible. So going into that last inning, down eight, Kaysen uh, was leading us off. And uh, so Casey Hunt was pitching. I think he was around like 70 pitches out of, you know, in relief. And he was a really good reliever, probably their best, probably their best guy out of the pen. Um, he was over 50% breaking ball to lefties and righties. He had very good feel for his breaking ball, had a slider and a curveball that he could basically just land in there or bounce at the back of the plate whenever he wanted to. And then, I mean, it, he also was done probably about 93 to 94, which is pretty fast. Uh, so it, it's a lot to think about. But, you know, you wear him down just enough. He makes a mistake. Kaysen hits a home run. Um, and then we uh, we bring it around to the top of the lineup, continue to, you know, have good at-bats. We get guys on. Base runners, even in an 11-4 game now, base runners equal pressure. And um, all it takes, it's the ninth thing. Those three outs in the ninth inning, I swear, are the hardest outs to get in the entire game of baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right. But... It's uh yeah, it always seems like those last three are just way harder than any uh any of the other twenty seven or twenty four. But uh anyway, it just we continue just to put good at bats together, good at bats together, uh spoil tough pitches, get pitches that we can hit, um, have really good two strike at bats, make sure that we were going down on our terms and not, you know, priding ourselves on not swinging at the pitches that the pitchers wanted us to swing at, basically. and uh, You string enough of those together, it really gives you a chance. And, and there's... And, there's oh, we'll go, go ahead, Bill. No, I was just going to say, when, when you do something like that, I mean, it's, it's frustrating when you come so close, but I, I felt like, you know, mounting that kind of comeback in the bottom of the ninth on Saturday uh, could, could pay some dividends on Sunday. It didn't seem like it early on now, uh, as, as, you know, you... you uh, find yourselves in a in a seven nothing hole, but to oh, start it real, real quick, can yeah. I one, one more Saturday Go question ahead. before sure. we come back on Sunday? Because there, there's you mentioned close. There's one other. I mean, there's the Howell triple, which came very close to going over the fence, and then there's the Ryan Dial 
uh, double. I mean, I mean, it very nearly was a double. It looked like right. it could have been not a foot, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, both both of those. It's a reminder of uh, it's a of, game of, of inches. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is, right, right, Justin? Yeah, absolutely. Game of inches for sure. It's uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's frustrating. Um, you feel for a guy like Dial in that situation, and you know. Everybody wants to be the guy, um, and we all understand that. And it's that's why this game is hard. Um, it's a it's a tough game, and it's a it's a tough game on its own. It's a really really tough game when things are at stake like they were on Saturday. And uh, you know you are you go from being you know two inches away from lining a ball down the right field line to then. Maybe the next pitch is two inches outside and gets called strike three. So um, it is a game of interest for sure. But, you know, kind of the message in the dugout after that one was just, you know, we, we've said it time and time again. Uh, we're going to go. We're not going to go down without a fight. Um, we're going we're gonna to try to do our best as an offense to make the opposing pitching staff uh, make their lives miserable. And, just the quality of bats that we strung together in, you know, the ninth inning, it's the more we can try to do that for just the first eight innings too. Uh, I mean, we're putting up, we're capable of putting up 10 runs by the fourth inning and not just in the ninth inning. So that was kind of what we tried to carry into uh, Sunday, which was, you know, it, it really allowed us to stay with the game that we were down seven to nothing pretty early mm-hmm. because we knew that, you know, we're capable of a lot of things. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny. One of the things we were talking about a little while ago, I don't remember if this was on the air or not, but Brian was talking about uh, being there in, in the uh, press box on on Friday, noting some of the struggles. I mean, baseball, there there's so many cliches with baseball, but it is a game of streaks. We've talked about it here with you, Justin, about how, you know, I mean, things can go really good, and it just seems like, man, it's so easy, and you're scoring a lot of runs. And it's funny how teams can go into slumps, not just a batter or two, but you can see an entire lineup going to Auburn, you know, hadn't scored many runs over a few ball games until that explosion until in the ninth, the ninth inning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's such an interesting game where, like, like you were saying with the streaks, it's, it's a game of – almost like outside circumstances where you you might not change any of the stuff that you can control, but if the circumstances around you change or the results change, it it makes you almost kind of think you're doing something wrong, which, mm-hmm. you know, in reality, you didn't change anything. You didn't do anything wrong, or you're still doing the stuff that you were doing when things were going right, but now they're going wrong, and then that's when you start to, you know, that's when you start to do what you don't want to do, which is panic and change everything and freak out and start just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something new will stick. And, you know, you know, this game more so than any other is, is one where you really, really have to, the mental battle is not getting too high, not getting too low. Uh, you know, one of the best pieces of wisdom that I've ever heard is just nothing is like, nothing is ever as bad as it seems, but also things are never really as good as they seem. It's just like, just, Keep an even, uh, kind of an even-keeled mindset. Take things for what they are. Control what you can control. And um, if you're really as good as you say you are, then things will kind of take care of themselves. 
perspective. It's it's a, a vital thing there, Justin. We appreciate it. And, and, and Justin uh, Kirby joining us uh, from the Auburn baseball team here on the uh, Tiger Take segment. We do an hour number two here on the Monday edition of The Drive. As far as Sunday's game goes, I imagine because there have been so there there have been several moments this year where you guys were on the verge of uh, of something really special and 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 fell. Not, not I mean you guys have had triumphs as well, but but there have been moments where it, you know it, it was it was close but no cigar. Auburn mm-hmm. mounts the rally when you take the lead, the Bryson Ware home run in the eighth inning uh, to to put Auburn ahead. Like I, I imagine. Like the, the moment, you know, that moment in the dugout in the stadium, I could hear it l- listening to the broadcast. Like it, it was about more than just that game when, when Auburn was able to come through. And, and granted, the game wasn't over, but that three-run home run mm-hmm. f- felt felt like a, a a a big moment for this for this team this season. Yeah, and you know, like you said, a lot of close but no cigar moments, and um, you know, we go down seven, which going down early seems to be. It, it's happened before this year, um, and it would it, it'd be the easy thing to do to just kind of fall into that hole of, oh well, here we go again. Uh, I guess we'll just have to like battle our way back this time again and see what happens. But you know, it felt so good. It was so satisfying to finally get over that hill of um, just one of those seemingly insurmountable comebacks and all it, it was awesome for it to happen on one swing i think because it was just it happened it was so fast but then we all just kind of freaked out in the dugout and like we didn't really know what to do and um it electric is i feel like an overused word but i can't really think of any other better way to describe it it was just it was such a great feeling and i love watching bryson Ware just hit the baseball as I'm sure everyone else does too is a beautiful thing. Um, and then, yeah, you go into the last inning and of course you wish, you know, we could just, or, uh, if Bryson could just, if the ball fell right in front of his eyes and picks it up and throws him out, uh, we win the game, but again, it doesn't matter. And uh, it speaks to this team just how we continue to be resilient and continue to keep standing after we get punched because, I mean, that was a moment that kind of took, or it could have taken, you know, the air out of our sails, mm-hmm. but there was no panic. There was no freak out. So what? It's a tie game. We still get to hit last. Um, and then even even within that, Cole Foster goes down 0-2 in his own at-bat, and after a day where he would admit that he didn't swing it the best or maybe wasn't seeing it the best, but he still hangs in there as his best swing of the day when we need it the most. And just another great moment to cap off a very, very exciting, probably one of the most incredible games I've been a part of. Yeah, and oh, by the way, we haven't even mentioned Cooper. Uh, pretty pretty good week for the, uh, for the big guy. Uh, five homers in four games. Yeah, yeah, that's... I've never seen a... I don't think anyone's ever seen someone go back-to-back at-bats on different foul poles. Foul poles? No, you're right. I've never seen that. I've watched a lot of baseball. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, we were, uh, I was standing next to Coach Thompson in the dugout, and, you know, we were, we were asking him. He was like, yeah, you know, I've, I've been in the – I've had this view of a lot of baseball games, and I've never seen that before. I think that's the first. And it, it was unbelievable, and 
Um, he can, he swung the bat extremely well this past week, and his I think his three run homer in the I forget which inning it was. I want to say the fourth inning yeah, that was on early. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, but that that definitely lit a spark. It was uh, we really needed that. It was a huge swing, and I think that. You know, it's it's funny that he hit both foul poles, but I think uh, it it makes it, it makes the whole moment a little more dramatic when you see it go up. You don't know if it's going to go a fair or foul, and then everyone sees it hit at the same time, so you all kind of have the same exact reaction all at once, and it makes it really exciting. Oh, no, no question about it. Now we're running short on time. Uh, quite the challenge, the ta- uh, the uh, the task ahead this week. You're at South Carolina, which, by the way, has the best record in the SEC right now, thirteen and four. Yeah, it's a a challenge, but you know this is like I said last week. I mean, there are no there are no easy weekends in the SEC, and uh, we're kind of looking at this as just it's another great opportunity to um, kind of prove to people what we're all about, and it's a great opportunity to continue to stay on the right track, and you know, prove to ourselves almost that you know we are. We are real. We are the real deal, and we're going to continue to fight. And uh, our destiny is still very much in our own hands. So we're gonna we're gonna do our best to you know bring that same energy. No question, uh, the the you know the the Auburn fan base pulling for you guys as you head up to Columbia. Justin, before we let you go, remind everybody once again how they can follow you. Instagram underscore Justin Kirby underscore, and Twitter is. At Jake Curbs fifteen, um, yeah, I appreciate I appreciate the time, guys. It's always nice to chat. Oh, it's our pleasure, Justin. Again, uh, best of luck this weekend. Yeah, yeah, good good luck this weekend, Justin. Thank you very much, Justin Kirby, joining us. Tiger takes proudly presented each Monday at five thirty by the Alsobrook Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. We'll get to our final break. Stick with us here on the Monday Drive. Now. More of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final minute or so. Really a, a, a long visit there with Justin Kirby. We appreciate his time there with Tiger Takes. Brian, we opened the show talking about what all's going on there at AuburnSports.com. Let's go ahead and wrap it up, let everybody know, because there's a lot going on. Yeah, I think there's going to be more movement in the portal more than last week, this week. Basketball and football, uh, several visitors coming in this week. And, of course, we'll speak to you, Freeze. And hopefully Bruce Pearl and maybe John Cohen tomorrow at the Atlanta Ambush before they split. They well, there. Going. So, I mean, Stoltz are going. I, I imagine a good bit of Auburn beat riders will be up there. Oh, I'm, I, w- I would yeah, think so. Most of them. All right, Brian, great stuff. Thanks again, Appreciate man. Uh, that's going to wrap things up for the Monday edition of The Drive. We're back with you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here. <laughs>